thank you for watching and welcome back to another Crossing Darkness episode. Uh, this is Season 2, Episode 5. I'm your host, uh, Frozen Fallout. My co-host here today is Motorori. Um, Hi, everybody. We are broadcasting over Twitch, uh, Sunday 7pm to 7.30pm Central Standard Time. And are open to chatting with fans during the show, so if you have any questions while we're paddling away on uh paddling away on stuff we're go ahead and feel free to ask while we're uh streaming here we'll keep an eye on the chat here and um today we're going to focus on uh creating a npcs uh creating npcs in your world of darkness games um kind of focusing in on the um the more uh, base ways of how to create your characters here, um, your NPCs. Now one of the big things is um, I do a lot of character creation in, uh, as a GM in the World of Darkness um, just off the top of my head. Um, and I, a lot of my characters or NPCs that I'll use during my game are going to be more um, you know, just what's their dexterity? Probably three, two to three, you know, any kind of base, you know, base people are going to be around, um, you know, two for their decks and then two for whatever, you know, weapon that they're using, brawl or melee or something like that. Um, so usually my dice pools for a lot of the really basic NPCs is really simple. It's four to six dice, maybe eight. Um, and if they're a really powerful NPC, I might say so, I might say that they would have maybe um, maybe ten dice if they're like you know they're supposed to be my you know powerful NPC, so they might have uh, six or five in dexterity because they've boosted themselves up, stuff like that. Um, is that what you kind of do, uh, Motorori, as well? Uh, yeah, uh, I I don't think I've run a World of Darkness game with stats in a pretty long time uh but uh but yeah generally i don't uh try to figure out i don't i don't do entire character sheets for like people that we're going to meet in battles or uh or for that matter anybody uh doing a character sheet for an npc is not necessary um unless your your characters are going to be interacting with them mechanically and that becomes important. Um, you know, for for example, in the the Technogate game that you're running right now, uh, one of the big NPCs that we've met, Moxie, Wild Rider, um, General Dick, <laughs> uh, General, uh, um, the original General, General. But yeah, you've and Senator Johnson and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and they don't have stats yeah, you, right now because they're not very. Yeah, you haven't created stats. It's also um, nice because uh, Mage is a little bit different in that respect too. Because a, you, even in the world of darkness, you you know you you want to know what powers people have. Um, so in other world of darkness games like Vampire the Masquerade and and stuff like that, you might want to you know even if you don't have the stats you know written down. 
um, you might want to, at the very least, if not writing them down, come up with an, you know, an idea of which powers they would have. Which is kind of easy in a lot of the World of Darkness. Is gonna, you know, they're going to be based off of the um, clan or whatever you know character creation process that you know the very basic character creation process on what powers that they get, stuff like that from their clan or their uh, tribe if it's werewolf, stuff like that. Um, so you can get a lot of that. Um, yeah, like um, actually, there there was one, uh, I think, a black spiral that the characters went up against in the last Gen Con game that uh, I very specifically researched the gifts that uh, he had access to. It was one of the werewolves that uh, uh, it's the one where you can like run into the sky on like a on a track of flame, something like that. Um, and I specifically built that into the character because I knew that that bad guy had to escape. Uh, but other than that, I didn't have like anything set up for him. I just, it was kind of like whatever was appropriate at the time. That's how many dice I rolled for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that that's definitely going to be... Um how a lot of NPCs are. But you're, you know, there's going to be a lot of NPCs though that you're going to want to have a lot more detail on than just, you know, I, I'm guessing his dice pool is around six to eight, you know, something like that. Um, yeah. And in that case, um, there is the, the base character creation rules. Um, and I don't really go by them very much at all. Um, even the, the 1395, uh, you know, for your abilities, uh, or your, your, yeah, your abilities, and then your attributes, you get like 795 um, to distribute. I might completely ignore that. Now, the 795, I do kind of, in 13, uh, what is it, 1395 that you get for skills, um, the point distribution for that, I kind of keep that in mind at the very least when I'm building my characters. Um, but I also, as a GM, um, I'm going to be focusing in on more what would they have, period. You know, is this a, is this a person that is one in every one of the physicals? Because that's just how they're just very sickly person. I don't need to give them any merit or any special thing to do that. I just, or flaw or whatever, I'm just going to say they have all ones in, you know, one in strength, a one in stamina, one in dexterity, because that's who they are. Um, regardless yeah. of how character creation is supposed to be working, um, you know. Yeah. And if, if you're gonna do like an actual character sheet for an NPC, be there, be they a good guy or a bad guy, if you want to start it out with just the the standard uh, character creation rules, you can. But uh, you know, especially making characters for Madison under siege, that. I think I tried to do it for like two of them, and then I was like, eh, I'm not going to do that anymore, because it just, it takes too much time, and, and like you said, it's, especially because World of Darkness is more of a narrative game, it's more about where your character fits into the story, and so you give them dots and things based on that role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and no- what you would expect them to have right and that and that's kind of the nice thing that um you know i i really prefer 
the character creation system, especially the NPC character creation um, that you can do in the World of Darkness over almost any other system that I've encountered. Because, um, you know, like, for example, um, Dungeons & Dragons, really, you know, popular tabletop role-playing game. But, uh, ooh, wait a minute. I forgot to change something. One second here. <laughs> What's going on? I just re reminded myself that uh, I needed to update <laughs> what we're broadcasting under. We were broadcasting under EVE Online, so probably really confusing. Oh. Some people that were yeah. popping in here, but... Uh, yeah, hi, EVE players. <laughs> um, so, let's see, that's, that's fixed now. Anyways, um, sorry about that. So, the what I was talking about was uh, Dungeons & Dragons, their character, you know, NPC creation system. Um, one that's really nice with Dungeons & Dragons is they give you a lot. Um, you know, they have an entire book that's dedicated to character uh, characters for you to use. You, you know, the, the ma uh, monster manual. Um, and so that's an entire book just dedicated to a bunch of pre-created monsters for you. So you don't, you know, Dungeons & Dragons is a lot easier in the sense that you don't, uh, if you're just going to worry about your monsters, you've got a bunch of them. You don't need to do a lot of work for them. Um, but that kind yeah. of falls... Although, in, in, in the kind of the same vein, like, if you're if you're just going to be interacting with, like, other people in D&D, &D, like, you don't need to make stats for a shopkeeper. Or even necessarily for, you know, somebody who is going to be a part of your plot that's going to be very important. They don't, you don't have to sit down and like build them as a, you know, level seven cleric just because they're a part of a church and they're going to be a big part of the plot. You can just kind of assume a lot of the powers that they have, just kind of have a general amount of HP. And I'm pretty uh, sure the um, Dungeon Master book has like a, um, you know, a base cleric at level five or whatever for you to use. Um, so yeah. they do have those kind of things for you. But, you know, a lot of people in Dungeons & Dragons, what they do is they have to go, okay, I've got a level 20 dude. Level 1, he was this. Level 2, he got this. Level 3, he got Because you have to go through the formulistic system of building him. Like, um, so, you know, if I was going to yeah. build something that's, you know, an equivalent to a, you know, let's just say like a, you know, 500-year-old mage comparatively to a level 20 um wizard in in dungeons and dragons versus mage the ascension um i can probably get that character sheet done um you know being fast and dirty i might be able to get that character sheet done in i don't know maybe five minutes if i'm doing real real dirty you know just kind of want to just pick out a few things pick out a couple of spheres and stuff like that for him and kind of just run right through and i can know that he's got a bunch of points distributed all over the place and he's going to have fives and possibly oh. sixes and stuff so i'm just going to be really quick dirty you know pick things out i to do a quick and dirty level 20 character i'd have to steal the the base 20 character that exists in the game and then modify it you know and that's going to take me yeah. a, a lot longer and if i wanted to do it properly in the world of darkness you know i'm going to probably spend like an hour maybe making that character sheet um you know really kind of going over some of the the different you know uh magical spheres or, or their uh you know protocols for technocracy or um wrote for the mage the ascension i'm going to kind of go through and pick out all these different 
things that they can do but the you know overall i'm really just the character sheet itself i'm not i don't have to be really complicated with it with that 20th level character in dungeons and dragons i'm gonna have to go through level one level two level three and spend hours building that character yeah although like i was saying before like you're only gonna do that if it's mechanically necessary right and if it's mechanically necessary for you to build a 20th level character and know all of their powers they are either your big bad, in which case, yeah, you should probably, like, build that character. Um, or they're a major aspect of the story, in which case you want them to be fleshed out. Um, but, that being said, your characters in a D&D game could still encounter a 20th level you know, character of some sort. And you could have absolutely no prep. You know, just... Uh, 20th level cleric of Palor. Right. But in you any way. them in a cathedral. Going, going back to World of Darkness, though, um, I just, you know, I wanted to kind of throw that out there just because I, I really like how quick and easy and, and very little having to dig into the book that I would need to do in order to build a World of Darkness character. Um, you know, you can go to different extremes, but that's kind of, kind of how I, I handle it. Is I kind of go in to it with either a like we were talking about i don't even have a character sheet i don't even think about um you know a lot of stuff other than base pools and maybe you know that they're gonna have two three or four in in a skill or something that they're using when it when it matters and i'll be very on the fly with it or i'll sit down and i'll make out a character sheet for them um, but I'm not going to follow all the rules necessarily. I'm going to put down what I feel is is proper. Um, but there is other ways of doing it where you know you do the the base character, and then you give them a, you know the, their freebie points. You do their freebie point system, and then doing the um, experience points, which does take longer. You've got to actually go through and find out where you're spending your 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 experience points and stuff like that. Um, I think the only time I ever did that for World of Darkness characters was when I was making the werewolves for the first year uh, for Madison Under Siege. And I actually, I had 13 character sheets sitting in front of me and I was, and I went through and I did all of it uh, because I wanted to give the same amount of like experience points to each person. Uh, and, and they were high-level characters. Like, they were, you know, the leaders of their particular tribe in the area. So I wanted to make sure that they were powerful, but I also wanted to make sure that they were, you know, balanced. Mm-hmm. And going through and choosing, like, five different gifts for each one of them and all that jazz, like, it, it took a long time, but uh, I think it was it was appreciated by the players, certainly. Mm-hmm. But that, was, that wasn't making NPCs. That was making player characters. Right. So yep. it's different. Yeah, I and mean, that's and that's something that we did a lot of, which for our World of Darkness, uh, Madison Under Siege setting, is we went through and made a whole, you know, f- I think like fifty some odd characters, give or take, um, you know, spread between the four different games. So you know, twelve to fifteen um, characters per game. Uh, so a mage game, a werewolf game, a vampire game, and a hunter game that we created. Uh, characters for we kind of did try and follow and I did the base for that but then I kind of and the nice thing with you know uh, mages that I didn't have to worry about um, 
exactly what their powers were, just what spheres that they had. Although I did try and give them specific powers as to what they could do, um, but it got muddled to a certain degree and I ended up just giving out uh, a rote book that I created that just was a book filled with rotes because they had so many powers. Yeah. So in terms of the game that you're running right now, the Technogate game, how much, what, what's been your process, uh, kind of like pulling back the curtain a little bit for creating some of the NPCs there? Uh, and not necessarily just mechanical, but like, uh, you know, like, like actually like, what have you thought about in terms of uh, their backstories and, and how did you approach that? Okay, yeah. Um, so um, one of the things that I did with uh, Technogate is I'm stealing a lot from Madison Under Siege. Um, so in Madison Under Siege, um, one of the things that I did oh. do is I went in... The same mythos. Right. But uh, so I went back... The reason why I'm just explaining that is because I went back and I kind of took a bunch of history... I created basically a huge history book for Madison Under Siege that detailed out the, you know, the beginnings of all of history and everything that's kind of gone on into the world of darkness. And you can kind of do that by going to like Wikipedia or to the White Wolf Wikipedia and you can year by year, they have like a statement on what happened every year in the world of darkness. Um, and I kind of just went and stole all that. And then I went back through that and started placing NPCs into the history, my NPCs that I wanted to have. What were they involved in? Were they involved in any of the huge events that were happening in the world of darkness? Or did they just have their own, you know, special quote unquote huge events that happened to them in uh, the world of darkness in that timeline of history? So I kind of yeah. went back. Can I, can I jump in there? Yeah. I think I have a vague memory of this would have been like four or five years ago now, uh, and I can't remember if it, uh, you know what we were preparing for, but we had that that whole history document, and we were going through. I can't remember. I think we were all over at your place, and we were just going through the the document on Google Docs, and we were choosing random things from history and just inserting, like our faction into those history events mm -hmm. and we like we were color coding them and like trying to like figure out how to <clears throat> how to add our people into those histories right yep so yeah it was a lot of going back and just kind of looking at that um and you know f figuring out what historical things were these people involved in if any um, and for my big NPCs, that's that's what I wanted to have was them to be important in, you know, or at least involved in some way, shape or form with something throughout history to kind of give them more of a highlighted background. Um, now, yeah. And that, that's a that's a classic thing in the world of darkness is, you know, like I think I've brought up before, you know, Teddy Roosevelt was a werewolf and Franklin Roosevelt was a kinfolk. It's. You know, we've all got our reinterpretations of history in the world of darkness. And, and the fact is, you can do that in your own games. Sorry, that was a spam call. Oh, spammity spam. Politics. If anybody's uh, watching this in the future, we're still uh, three weeks away from the 2020 election. <laughs> so we don't know what happened yet. We keep getting fucking 
politics calls. But yeah, um, so anyways, though, yeah, I, I definitely, um, you know, so uh, a couple of the characters I have in the Technogate game, I have gone back through and, um, you know, looked over some of the history of the World of Darkness and, and the history of our Madison Under Siege game and kind of decided, you know, which ones were they involved in, who do they know, and that's, and that's another big thing, um, actually, is who do they know, more than just their history, but who do they interact with, who do they know, and what do they know, um, because that's going to be a lot of what I use my NPCs for in the world of darkness is they're either connected to somebody else and they have connections or information about somebody else or they're um, you know I'm using them specifically for something um, and who they know and what they're what they're capable of doing or what they're doing in the story is is extremely important um, but the the main part is, is who do they know and kind of go or, or what do they know you know using those now and using that information um in the game so that you can portray that information what they know to the players as well as possibly introduce them to other characters um so for example there's um the uh, maxi character that i have who knows wild rider um and also knows other reality deviance out there and is a technocratic character that the the players can use as a um connection to the tradition mages without getting you know without being a you know really breaching that uh barrier without assistance you know because they're a bunch of low-level technocrats they're not going to be trusted by the tech or by the technocracy to meet up with these people and they're not going to be trusted by the traditions to be met with um, so they can kind of use her as an intermediary and she knows a ton of stuff because she's a really old mage um, and who they know you know and and it can get kind of muddled and you want to be really careful because a lot of things are secretive in the world of darkness um, when we're going back through and doing a revamp on um, Madison under siege here I kind you know originally I kind of had it that you just kind of knew everybody to a certain degree because you were a high up, high up uh, powerful mage or you were a high up powerful werewolf or whatever a lot of people just kind of knew the other side to a certain degree um, yeah. And I think this time around, I want to make things even more secretive, where even people inside their own faction might not have, you know, like a, a Order Hermes Mage might not know anything about the, um, even a, a, an extremely powerful or, or uh, a primogen or whatever, or the, what the heck, it's like a council member or whatever, might not know too much about the, um, the uh, Verbena um mage even you know she you know they've met with them they've done stuff inside of council chambers they know them in that kind of way but never met them out there personally doesn't know where they live doesn't know you know where their chantry is or anything like that um because that stuff is secret that's uh the way that the kind of the world of darkness is is a very secretive world um and then that can also make who they know and what they know even more important because if who they know if everybody knows everybody then who they know is not as important anymore and if everybody knows yeah. everything that's going on what they know doesn't really matter anymore 
So keeping everything in little boxes of secrets can allow you to use characters to open up these boxes of and get these in, to get that information. Yeah. So so now you're you're getting into the the area of of thought that that I've always been fascinated with. So it's uh, the amount of prep versus how your game is structured versus how the players are going to use the structure of that game, right? Because if I remember correctly, we created a secrets matrix for Gen Con Year 2, which the vampires used extensively. Mm -hmm. The werewolves never got their secrets. Uh, the hunters basically ignored them. Uh, and I can't remember what... The, oh, wait, no, the mages did crazy shit, right? Yeah, mages did a bunch of shit with their secrets. Uh, because cause our idea was, because it was half LARP, half tabletop, one of the major aspects of LARP is if you know a secret about somebody, you can use it as leverage. Uh, and so we created this... Every single character had to have some sort of dark secret and then we kind of didn't we didn't randomly assign it but we just basically gave that secret to another character uh and yeah i think either we never even wrote secrets for the werewolves or they just weren't given the secrets can't remember now uh but it but then it's how does the player use it right uh so my like like if because we're actually talking about designing the game right now, because that's the point of this podcast. Uh, my my problem slash concern with that would be uh, if it's if it's a player who's in a room with other players that they've never met before. You can tell them that they know a specific person, like like uh, you know the the son of Ether. The head of the Son of Ethers is good friends with the head of the Verbena in the area. And they could completely ignore that because they've never met that person in real life, the player. Mm -hmm. um, versus on their sheet, it says they don't know the guy who's the head of the uh, Hermetics, but they came to the game together. Uh so that's one of those things where I would err on the side of everybody knows everybody. But well, if, if you're trying to create a com complex game, that might be interesting. Well, okay, so what you're talking about is players knowing stuff. and That's true, yeah. What I'm talking about is NPCs. NPCs and the world, and, and, and the, what, we, what we did is completely different. I would highly suggest not to use that as your as your mind frame when, uh, it, when going into this as a 40-person four table event um and how and how you're going to want to do stuff with that um because we may we're probably not even ever going to do that again so um what i'm talking about specifically not, not here form, is is in when you're creating a world in the world of darkness and you're creating your npcs give them specific people that they know that other people don't really know very well that give them yeah. information that they know that nobody else really knows 
that's very you know tied into them and make your charts of who do they know and what do they know you know and where does all of this information cross where do you know where did they get this information how do they know it those are the things that you can instead of mechanically building up your characters and spending hours filling out all of their information as to what powers they have and stuff really in the world of darkness that's going to be used way less that's that's something that you're probably you might not even ever touch on when maxi i may never use a power specific um that needs to be like written down for her um but what i will do need to do is is go over really who, what does she know who is she you know where is she involved in giving information to my characters and what in, what information does she have um, and compartmentalizing that, making sure that only she has that information or only a few select people have that information. There's maybe different ways of getting it, but you want to make some of your characters the centerpiece for that. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I believe when we were in interacting with Moxie, uh, she did magic while we were there, or science. Uh, but you never rolled for her. Which is right. something that like that's that would be a huge difference between D and D and World of Darkness, I think. Because um, in D and D, everything is so mechanical, whereas World of Darkness just err on the side of the story. Yeah, narration is the the focus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're um, coming up here pretty close on the end of our podcast here. Before we wrap up. Uh, the question that I had for you along the lines of creating NPCs and portraying NPCs. Because uh, this happens a lot in games. Your characters insist on going somewhere that you haven't created, or they insist on talking to somebody who you thought wasn't important. Like, uh, you know, like a waitress. Or, you know, because... Because our, our characters have gone to Denny's several times. I think we've interacted with the waitress. Uh, she's not named or anything. But how, how do you approach, uh, if, if at all, uh, those, those random characters? Um, a lot of the times, to be honest, I just kind of... Those random characters are just going to be grabbed out of my life and encounters that I've... So, my waitresses are usually going to be waitresses that I've, you know, personalities that I've run into to a certain degree. Um, if, if at all, I'm going to even focus. A lot of those NPCs are very blurry characters that, you know, don't even really have a face or gender or, you know, any care whatsoever. Um, but if, if I am going to do a quick and dirty on grabbing an NPC from the background, I'm just going to go off of my uh, personal history that I've had with, uh, you know, yeah. interacting with those types of people, you know, <laughs> those yeah. types. Of Actually, so, so my random characters, because uh, I ran a, uh, a Firefly game uh, sometime last year, and all of my characters were just absolute stereotypes from basically 90s TV and movies. Just bad accents, uh, over the top. That's that's just kind of my style. Uh, and I like doing voices, which I will not do now. <laughs> 
Um, uh, once I once I run a game, people will find out about that. Um, but along those same lines, I did want to. Uh, there was there was some really good advice that Matt Mercer of Critical Role gave, which was when you have to create an NPC on the fly. Uh, somebody who's just going to interact with the characters for a very like limited period of time. Uh, come up with two things. What does that NPC want? And what does that NPC fear? Uh, I'm not sure how like closely he adheres to that, because those people love to go shopping, and they deal with shopkeepers all the time, and a lot of them don't fear anything. Like They don't have a dark secret. Mm -hmm. uh, or anything like that, but uh, I, I found that to be interesting. Where, you know, give give uh, give those random NPCs just one concern in the world that you have on your mind while you're interacting with your players. Uh, I always found that to be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, anything else uh, before we wrap up? Did you have a lore that you wanted to to go into? Uh, since we're doing NPCs, I thought I might read one of my hunter NPCs. Okay. Uh, let's let's go with Antoine Darbone. Eh. I would do the Oracle, but her entry is too long. All right. So this was for Madison Under Siege. Uh, I think I wrote this for Year Three because uh, I wanted to have some NPCs. Uh, for characters to interact with if that came up. Um, Antoine Darbone. While not a member of the leadership of the Hunter Academy, Antoine is widely considered to be the world's foremost expert on the undead. He grew up in the New Orleans, uh, in New Orleans, the grandson of a powerful voodoo priestess. From a young age, he regularly encountered the restless spirits of the Deadlands. His grandmother would invite them to inhabit her and other willing participants. When he was older, perhaps 12 or 13, Antoine himself began allowing these spirits to inhabit him in order to let them speak. Antoine does not speak of the incident that involved his imbuing, but suffice to say, he is no longer allowed back into the city of his birth. Through a series of strange events, he found himself at the Hunter Academy, astonished at the amount of information about the undead that Redmond had amassed. He was equally disappointed in how misunderstood the undead were from the perspective of the Academy. For the last five years, he has served as the head research scholar for undead studies. Antoine has five dots in undead studies and is usually found in his research lab in the basement of the north wing of the main building. He has a secretary, assistant, and five research assistants. So, uh, one of the things about uh, hunter characters uh, that I had planned for the living campaign was everybody gets uh, in their backgrounds a single dot in both vampire and mage studies, and then I think you get to choose one that you get two dots in. Uh, and then over time, because you have these resources, you can get dots in other things. So like three dots in undead studies, you can add to an investigation role, let's say. Uh, and it's basically general knowledge about zombies, skinwalkers, wraith in general. And uh, so he would be the professor that would show up in uh, modules to you know, give you advice or perhaps even go on a mission with characters. 
cool. Awesome. All right. Well, I think uh, we're getting to the point where we're going to wrap up here. Um, before we leave, I was just wondering if there's any questions from anybody that's uh, watching, watching right now. So we'll give just a little bit of time to see if you guys have anything that you want to ask us. Um, feel free to open the floor to whatever you want to ask us about. It doesn't have to be about character creation or it can be about, about anything in the world of darkness. But we'll give that about a minute here. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to go over before uh, before we wrap up, though? Uh, no. All right. Well, then we'll just uh, we'll give it a little bit here. See if anybody has any questions no. here. I don't. I don't think anybody's gonna ask a question, dude. Probably not. But you know, always give like a room for it. It's not. It's not gonna hurt anybody, Mike. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yep, I think we're good then. We'll go ahead and uh, wrap this on up. Thank you all for watching. Good night, everybody.